Welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show. They say it's a thin line between love and hate, but we're working every day to thicken that line, or at least uh, make it a double or triple line. Uh, now, here's your line-jumping host, Eric Metaxas. Folks, welcome back. Um, if you're just tuning in now, this is Hour 2 on Wednesday. Uh, in Hour 1, uh, of course, we play the continuation of my conversation with Naomi Wolf where she gets very, very personal and vulnerable. And we're going to play the conclusion to that tomorrow. There's much more. Uh, so we really couldn't squeeze it in today, but we will play that tomorrow. I'm joking around. I say it's old Yale week on the Eric Metaxas show. On Monday, we have James Carney from the Whiffen Poofs of 1979. Um, of course, we have Naomi Wolf, who's in my class of 84. And then we have John Smirak right now. My guest, class of 86, I guess it was. And yes. John, welcome. Thanks, Eric. I'm really I, looking forward to, to watching Naomi's testimony because, you know, she's somebody who's come a long way and, and followed a very difficult and interesting path. I mean, I can't imagine what it must be like for her, having once been embraced by the woke, by elite jerk opinion, you know, getting a, a an Oxford uh, uh, Rhodes Scholarship and the best-selling books about feminism, and then hired by Al Gore as his hypnosis consultant. I mean, it doesn't get much more mainstream validation than that. And then to have the integrity to risk all of that by standing up against our, our public health dictatorship. I mean, you know, when I showed up at Yale, I kind of knew nobody's going to like me here. I'm Archie Bunker. What the hell? They might as well hate me for my ideas instead of my bad table manners and crappy clothes. So it wasn't that hard for me to just decide to be the dead rat floating in the punch bowl. But she used to be the festively carved swan made of ice right. with centerpiece. And she has allowed her conscience to melt her into an icy middle finger pointed at Anthony Fauci. Uh, I can't believe you just thought of that. You're a freak. Listen, <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of you and Naomi in the sense that uh, I was, um, well, <laughs> I, I it's a funny thing because on some level, even though I did this in stages, right? I mean, when I had my born again experience in 88, most of my Yale friends uh, turned away from me or figured I'd gone crazy. And when I was conservative, they figured I'd gone crazy. and They kind of turned away from me. But then I was briefly the darling of the evangelical elites who the minute I advocated for Donald Trump decided, oh, no. Eric has gone insane. He and Wayne Grudem uh, and uh, five others who we used to think of our buddies, they're nuts. And at the end of the day, our job is just to follow God and to follow where he leads. And sometimes he leads us um, in strange ways. But our business is to follow him, to do our best to follow him and whatever scorn or adulation uh, comes in our direction that, that, that that's not what it's about. Yeah, the way but, I you know, think John, who think of all the members of the Soviet Writers Union in 1960, who when Alexander Solzhenitsyn published A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich, describing the you know the horrors of Stalin the Stalinist Gulag, which would later become his Gulag Archipelago. Think of all those 
those pudgy Slavic writers in their comfortable second-rate suits eating sausage and caviar and blinis going, Alexander has gone crazy. He has thrown his career away. He has yeah. he has attached himself to extremists. He will be forgotten someday. And who remembers their names? Well, that's the thing. He threw his career away for the truth, and that's why right. we're talking about him today. But anyway, uh, Naomi and I will continue the conversation tomorrow. Um, we should have it on Rumble. And again, if you subscribe to my newsletter, it'll be sent to your inbox. But I want to ask you, ladies and gentlemen, to please share these videos as widely as you can. John, I I want to talk to you um, about a lot of things, sure. particularly what Naomi shared yesterday on this program, because having somebody in studio, in a way, I was able to wrap my head around it a little bit better than when I've interviewed her uh, via Skype or Zoom. And what she asserts with tremendous clarity and a level of documentation that is mind bending. Uh, She has published this. Someone, I always forget the details, sued for these Pfizer documents. Pfizer wanted to bury their internal documents for 75 years. If you want to know whether they're motivated by Satan and lying, that move ought to tell you everything. 75 years. That is the sign of integrity. It's like a joke. That is the sign of integrity when someone insists that all records be buried until everyone alive now is dead. Yeah, that's that's basically it. So I can't remember who it was who sued. And by the grace of God, a judge ruled that these things had to be made public. So that's why it's so important to have honest judges. Dishonest judges can destroy our republic. Our whole constitutional system was trashed by dishonest judges lying about the meaning of the separation of church and state, lying about abortion, lying about marriage. Well, the thing is that. Naomi, um, she then mentions a a woman's name, someone who was uniquely qualified to dispatch dozens of experts to examine the many, 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 many thousands of pages of internal Pfizer documents and to do, uh, you know, a pressy on each of them to to do summations, to do analysis. And then they published this. She and Steve Bannon uh, helped her and they published this. And so at the heart of what she's saying, this is where it gets very difficult to process because it's painful to face. She says there is no doubt that China saw this as an opportunity, these vaccines as an opportunity to use the highest level technology that the Nazis and the Stalinists could have only dreamt of to use technology to harm their enemies in the West, which is number one, United States, number two, uh, any of the most political uh, power, politically powerful uh, nations in the West, in Europe. That's exactly what the data shows, that they targeted reproductive systems. It goes on and on and on. It's one of those things that if you saw it in a movie, you'd say, I'm glad it's just a movie because it's It's too crazy. I can't handle it. One thing that really disturbs me about that is, of all places, Israel, they had almost 100 percent enforcement of the vaccine mandates. And Israel is the only country in the West that has a positive birth rate because of the religious Orthodox Jews there. 
if this was, if this does have the effect you're talking about, I don't know, my, 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 my apocalyptic nerve gets, starts to be well, triggered yeah. by attacks on God's people and on their ability right. to reproduce themselves, which right. was in fact, Hitler's dream was to stop the Jewish people from surviving. Right. And, you know, I, I remember Holocaust survivors saying every time a new Jewish child was born, it was a rebuke to Hitler. Ha ha, you failed. And the idea that communist China could have released something intentionally that is going to wipe out fertility in Israel of all places and here in America. I mean, it seems like an attack both on the West and on the people of God, Christianity. Well, that, John, that's how you know it's spiritual. And we yeah. get into that a little bit. But they, but listen, when you say, you know, you know, and I know that God is in history. The Messiah came 2000 years ago. The Jews were called into existence uh, almost 4000 years ago. God is the God of history. And we will eventually and are now beginning to see with uh, the beginning of the end, and we are seeing apocalyptic things. And we have to understand, yes, yes, this is not imagination. This is not from some distant moment in the future, 40,000 years in the future. No, these things are, are happening now Walker, and in Walker, any event. Walker Percy, my favorite author, once said that the Jews were God's fingerprints in history and that the Antichrist figures like Hitler and Stalin – want to erase the divine fingerprints. They want to erase the presence of the Jews because they want to divinize man. They want to make gods of themselves That's, and they have to get the real gods evidence okay. out more, of the way. More on this, plenty more with John's Mirac. Folks, don't go away. Folks, in hour two today, I'm talking with John Zmirak. As you know, in hour one, we spoke with Naomi Wolf. We'll play the end of my conversation with her because there's another uh, almost an hour that we will play in hour one tomorrow. That's Thursday. Uh, and it's very she's very vulnerable. It's I was very moved. I have to tell you, I was extremely moved. I was all day long uh, after it. I, I just I, it's it, it, it shook me because it was something very beautiful about her honesty her vulnerability, uh, her willingness to speak the truth in the middle of um, difficult, difficult situation. Can I tell uh, you something that, that, that Naomi Wolf did that I don't think a lot of people know? This is a woman who's been one of the leading pro-choice feminists for like the last 30 years. When the Dobbs decision came out overturning Roe v. Wade, she wrote the only rational response I ever saw by a feminist to that decision. And she basically showed that it was constitutionally justified and showed that feminists should not be freaking out about it. She, she didn't she didn't 100% endorse it, but it was the most rational, measured response to that decision, which otherwise was greeted not with any rational or constitutional arguments, but with the kind of shrieks you heard from the demons before they ran into the Gadarene swine and galloped down the cliff. Uh, correct. Well, I just want to say we're going to air the rest of the conversation with her tomorrow in hour one. I promise you, you don't want to miss it. Speaking of uh, things you don't want to miss, the Socrates event with Jeannie Constantino on February 28th. Folks, I warned you, you don't want to miss it. I, uh, 
Jeannie Constantino, in writing her book, Crucifixion of the King of Glory, has done something astonishing. And everyone needs to know about it. Uh, I will use this platform uh, to promote things like that because no one else seems to know about it. And that's why a year ago I said, I've got to do a Socrates in the City event with Jeannie Constantino on the subject of this book at the beginning of Lent. If you know anybody in the New York area, uh, I just beg you to let them know about this event. The events by themselves are gorgeous. The club is gorgeous. They're just delightful events. But the timing of this. Uh, so go to Socrates in the dot com and please sign up. Uh, it, it's really just uh, it, it. We don't normally do overtly Christian events. This is a very special time at the beginning of Lent. The book is extremely special. It is it's, I think, unique um, in saying I'm, what it says. I'm going to be reading it for Lent. I bought it at your recommendation. and I'm going to be reading it throughout the, the season of Lent. I don't think you're going to read it throughout the season of Lent. I think you're going to read it in like two days at the beginning of Lent. That will still count because, as throughout the season. <laughs> because it's right. I know. No, but what I'm saying is it's hard. To, it's hard not to want to just keep going because yeah. it's such a great book. Well, John, part of what I spoke to Naomi about yesterday, uh, it, it ties into what you have written about at the stream what I what I keep saying, and I know I'm like a broken record, folks, you got to just please forgive me. But it is hard to process for most of us that our government has been lying to us, that the cultural elites don't have any of the homespun values that the founders of this nation did, that Abraham Lincoln did, that most Americans have from the beginning. They're cynical globalist elites. They don't believe uh, in truth. That's a sucker's idea. They don't believe in honesty. And so they have lied to us. And we have certain experiences in the past of when this happened, but it has risen to a crescendo of lying and obfuscation and manipulation, unlike anything we've ever seen. So I want to say I understand why many people don't want to accept it. It's too painful. But We've seen a number of examples recently, and what Naomi was talking about is the most dramatic example. It's the, it's the most pointed example of globalist elites allying themselves with the Chinese Communist Party to literally reduce the population of the world by murdering people and by destroying people's reproductive systems. You, you can't make that up. That's the sort of thing that never could have happened in the history of the world until now. We didn't have the technology, and it is absolutely nightmarish. But because I'm a Christian, I have faith in the God of the Bible. He can heal people miraculously. He can deliver people from every kind of sin and bondage. And I think we have to put our trust uh, in him. Well, there's certainly nothing left to trust, nothing else left to trust in. It's not like the Republican Party is going to save us as as a corporate entity. Uh, it was all in on the vaccine mandate. It was all in on closing churches to, to a massive degree. It's not as if our individual churches are going to protect us. The Vatican promoted the vaccine and had the head of Pfizer there at the Vatican canoodling with Pope Francis. They issued a Vatican coin celebrating the forced vaccination of children. Of children, I mean, it, if I were if I were one of those guys who writes end times novels, uh, I would I would I would have a field day. I really like I that, that genre is over because well, like we're we're living it. 
everybody needs to go and reread the last of the Narnia books, The Last Battle, in which the church is impersonated by a donkey wearing the skin of a dead lion, which is orchestrated by an ambitious orangutan, who is the ape of the church. Okay. Uh, Read that, reread The Last Battle by C.S. Lewis. It's kind of like a report of the news. Well, that's exactly right. Now, John, you wrote an article at stream.org about the FBI. And again, folks, this is so evil. It's so evil. The FBI targeting serious Catholics. Now, I want to make clear the SS in Germany. Okay, this is all in my Bonhoeffer book. They had a plan. And it was not they never, you know, reveal all their cards at once. This was like, let's let's play games and play games and just a little bit at a time. But they had a plan. And I, I, I refer to it in my Bonhoeffer book that year by year they made the laws against practicing Christianity. If you wanted to be a member of the SS, this elite Nazi group, Christianity every year, the noose was tightened until SS members couldn't even attend church. You want to be in the SS? You can't attend church. What the FBI has been doing and our elite organizations uh, have been doing in this country with our government, have they have been targeting Christians. And so, John, you wrote an article about it at stream.org. Right. Tell us about it. The, ti- the title is The FBI's Targeting of Traditional Catholics Recalls the Inquisition. Uh, the FBI's Richmond Division... Uh, which is right, you know, right, right there, right, right near the Beltway, uh, issued a report saying, saying that a segment of Catholics, namely those who like traditional liturgy, the old Latin Mass, which is extremely reverent and beautiful and and formal, it's a lot more like the Greek Orthodox liturgy. Uh, those people are potentially dangerous extremists who might be white supremacists. It came up with a title for them, Radical Traditionalist Catholics, or RTCs. Uh, And it said with high confidence that the FBI can mitigate that threat by recruiting people in the church to be undercover FBI agents to spy on their fellow congregants at mass. And to, to come up with this report, they relied on the Southern Poverty Law Center, which any sane person who's paying attention knows it is just a fundraising racket. The Southern Poverty Law Center exists to get old people in Florida to write massive checks to the Southern Poverty Law Center to protect them from non-existent Klansmen and non-existent neo-Nazis. It's a shakedown operation designed to scare people with fake threats, fake hate groups, fake threats of violence. But what this boils down to is the idea that the federal government has the right to patrol opinion in America, to designate that some opinions are in themselves extremist and and therefore not protected by the Constitution. Some opinions are connected to violence in their own minds, even if no violence occurs. And by the way, the number of terrorist incidents or hate crimes connected with radical traditionalist Catholics is zero, zero, not one. Not one. So with the, based on the caseload of zero incidents, zero hate crimes, the FBI, based on a bunch of self-appointed shakedown experts and pseudo-experts, pseudo has designated 
that the people who prefer to go to the same liturgy as their grandparents, to worship as their grandparents did, uh, are somehow a violent threat. And what they do is first they talk about white supremacy and racism, not because these people have any interest in race. These these parishes are all totally integrated. If anything, they're against mixed marriages. They don't want Catholics marrying Protestants. They don't care if you're black, if you're a pygmy, if you're Filipino, if you're Catholic, you're one of us. OK, you, now that's maybe religiously a little bigoted, but it's certainly not racist. The, they, they talk about racism and white supremacy. They do that the way a sleazy guy might give, try to get a woman to drink three or four Long Island iced teas. It takes, it gets rid of the inhibitions. Once we're talking about white racists, oh, the Constitution doesn't matter. Those people That's, don't have constitutional okay. rights. Okay, John, forgive me for interrupting you. We're going to go to a break. Plenty more with John Smirak. Folks, welcome back. Talking to John Zmirak. John, you wrote an article at stream.org on the FBI. And again, this is happening now in the United States of America. It's become public that they targeted serious Catholics because the fake Catholics, the hypocrites like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi are no threat to the globalist elites. But serious Catholics the FBI deems them a threat because, you know, they believe in crazy things like truth uh, and God. Uh, so so here's how I wrote about this. First, you wave the red flag and say some of them might be white supremacists. You don't even need any evidence for that, because when someone brings up racism is a threat, if you say, no, it's not. The, the response is, why are you defending racism? Are you a racist? Are you racist agenda adjacent? Have you ever had drinks with anyone who might have lived in the South when Confederate flags were routinely displayed? Maybe you're racist adjacent adjacent. And then everybody just folds and collapses and loses bowel control and goes and hides in their closets. Well, I won't. OK, and you you won't. And your listeners won't. None. Nobody has even offered any evidence at all that these Catholics are affiliated with racism, not that that would take away their constitutional rights. I want to be clear. Racists have constitutional rights. White white supremacists should be protected by the First Amendment. And if that gets me canceled, then I'm done. This is what's so funny is like that. People don't think logically. They're thinking emotionally. Right. Um, And but but, John, I just want to I want to say that. We have in our Constitution this thing called, you know, it's the non-establishment clause. The the government is not supposed to establish a religion. But notice what they're doing is effectively that they are saying, right, if you have this point of view or this kind of religion or whatever, we're going to cancel you. We're going to crush you. We're going to. In other words, they're establishing a religion uh, in the negative, anti-racist, uh, a secular religion, whatever it is. The point is they're unconstitutional. The woke multiculturalist, intersectional, anti, and I just put it clear, it, this is the religion of the Antichrist. It is a, it is a cancerous mutation of Christianity. You and I have talked before how the only real argument against racism is the book of Genesis, the creation of man by God, of God, God's creation of man as one human family. 
That's why the Nazis insisted mankind was not one family, that the different races had evolved separately. Well, that, um, that's why the Nazis wanted to get rid of the Old Testament. That's right. Like some prominent evangelicals, they go like, yeah, the Old Testament, it's it's way too Jewish. Yeah, it's pretty Jewish. Yeah. So the Nazis wanted to get rid of it. Uh, but I also w- want to be clear, the entirety of the New Testament, there's so many scriptures that make it clear that racism and that kind of tribalism is a sin. So if you're against racism, guess where you get that idea from? It's called the Bible. You don't, you don't get it from Darwin, who, who wrote in a letter to Charles Kingsley about how the white race was going to have to wipe out all the other lesser races eventually for the good of mankind. Charles Darwin wrote that in a personal letter to an Anglican to an Anglican priest. And the Anglican priest was was kind of uncomfortable, uncomfortable with that. But uh Darwinism is where you get Nazism. It's where you get eugenics like Margaret Sanger. It's where you get this kind of intense tribalism where your group is more important than the individual because there's no immortal soul. It's all about adapting and groups out competing each other. So the religion of the Antichrist takes out of Christianity, it takes concern for the victims supposedly it takes looking out for the underdog and it makes that a fetish in itself it makes that a cult the cult of the so-called victim rene girard the great catholic philosopher and literary critic he talked about victimism that's where people take their supposed concern for the weak their supposed concern for the victim and they use it they turn it into a method of attaining power a method of gaining control a method of manipulating people and scapegoating their enemies so the fbi has decided decided to infiltrate catholic churches on the suspicion that some of them might be racist this is unconstitutional at every level from it's, ex- it's what the nazis did the nazis infiltrated churches they sent the gestapo to infiltrate churches where they suspected that uh, as in the case of martin niemoller's church which i write about in my bonhoeffer book they they suspected them of being uh anti-Nazi or whatever it was, and they infiltrated the churches. Now, this is what's happening in America today. Now, the FBI did this to mosques after after September 11th. And we have case after case where FBI agents found some some disaffected immigrant who was kind of a loser in his personal life. And they recruited him. They gave him radical extremist Muslim texts. They encouraged him to get to connect with Al Qaeda. They basically they paid for them to buy the materials to do a bombing. Our FBI has incurred has actually helped individual terrorist acts by disaffected Muslims who otherwise might have wow. done nothing at all. And we know that they did the same thing at On J6. January, January we know 6th. that they infiltrated. So I guess the, the, the point I'm getting to, and we're going to come to a break here again, is that we're living in times when I understand, ladies and gentlemen, it's a challenge, but you have to understand our government is lying to us. There were multiple train derailments. We'll get to this when we talk uh, after the break. Uh, that sounds like terrorism. That sounds like somebody planned that. There are balloons and weird things getting shot out of the sky. They're not talking about that. There's all kinds of stuff going on, I think, designed to rattle people, to confuse people. And our government is not dealing with it in the way 
that you would expect them to deal with it. Uh, they are instead lying or hiding things. We'll be right back. We're talking to John Zmirak. I'm talking to John Zmirak. Stay tuned tomorrow for my final uh, hour with Naomi Wolf. Really extraordinary. Uh, John, let's uh, let's keep going. I mentioned the um, multiple trail uh, derailments. Uh, One of them, they did this controlled burn, which is causing hydrochloric acid to kill animals. It could conceivably pollute the entire uh, water supply for millions and millions of Americans, insane things happening. No one has any confidence that this isn't being done deliberately uh, by the FBI to destable us or freak us out. Linda, no one knows what's going on. What we I know said, we've been lied to over and over again, which is a scary, sick thing. What we I have said, to say it. What I'm what I would guess will happen is they will try to blame this on Russia as a means to go us into risking a nuclear war with Russia so that we can help cover up Hunter Biden's business deals with Ukraine. I think 100% of our involvement right now in Ukraine is about cleaning up the filthy trail of Hunter Biden's corrupt business dealing on behalf of his father, on behalf of the crime, fa- the Biden crime family, that they are actually willing to risk a war with Russia to cover up Joe Biden's crimes. And there is historical precedent for this. World War One that killed 20 million people and destroyed Western civilization. A big part of why it happened was that the prime minister of Austria-Hungary, Konrad von Hotzendorf, wanted to impress his mistress with how tough he could be. And so he took a hard line against the Russians and the Serbs. And that was the first domino that led to the First World War. Millions of young men in uniform died by poison gas and machine gun bullet because one Austrian bureaucrat wanted to impress his mistress. Millions of Americans and Ukrainians and Russians and Europeans could die because Hunter Biden did corrupt deals with Ukraine and Joe Biden is willing to get put us into a war with Russia to cover it up because it's not democracy at stake. The Ukrainian government has suppressed all opposition political parties. It's banned the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. It, it, it has neo-Nazis fighting prominently in its army wearing the, the same insignia that Nazi death camp commanders wore. Um, we are not fighting for democracy. We are not promoting freedom, pluralism, or anything. This entire thing in Ukraine is as crooked and corrupt as the fake war with Iraq that George W. Bush lied us into 15 years ago. I tell you, this stuff is very dark, and I know that it's very challenging for some people to to process this because we uh, we thought we were living in a country where, you know, there was a news media that maybe it leaned left, but basically it's telling us the truth. We could basically trust our government. This is very challenging. And I will say again and again, un- unless you have faith in the God of the Bible, uh, unless you look to him in the midst of this darkness, uh, it's it's basically impossible. It's so dark. It makes you cynical. It just breaks you. That's what 
the enemy, uh, Satan, uh, and those who work for him want to do. They yeah. want you to feel hopelessness. Hopelessness is not of God. God I mean, wants to give it, you hope. Even it, it even afflicts us. You know, we're, we're, we're subject to that temptation, too. There are times when I think, you know what, I should just take a base jumping, maybe uh, tightrope walking and mountain climbing, you know, eventually I'll get lucky. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't honestly, li- John, I don't want to live in the post-apocalyptic Mad Max right hellscape right after a war between the u.s and russia well, i don't listen, want to god, die slowly of radiation poisoning god always gives us hope and i want i want to say to people ladies and gentlemen if you care what god thinks god wants us to live lives of hope and faith that is his will that's not extra credit it is his will for every single one of us uh some of you know uh that revival has begun at asbury uh, uh college in kentucky There are signs everywhere. We don't have time to get into it right now. In my book, Is Atheism Dead? I talk about the signs from science and archaeology. God meets us uh, when things are dark. Uh, he gives us hope. Uh, but but it, it, we're living at a, at a particular time now where we have to be very intentional about looking to him for supernatural healing and guidance. And I don't normally talk that way on this program, but I want to say that uh, when things are this dark, uh, you're a fool if, if you don't look to God, because there's nowhere else to look for hope in the midst of hopelessness. Um, John, I said the other day, uh, or I don't know when I said it, but I, I looked on Wikipedia when the guy uh, who, who uh, had the heart attack on the field or whatever, they thought he was going to die. And all these players kneeled and were praying, right? right? Wikipedia says an ambulance was brought onto the field four minutes after the collapse. As he was being placed on a stretcher, most of the players from both teams came off the sidelines to kneel or stand on the field near him, visibly upset and emotional about his status. It does not mention what everyone saw, that most of them were praying. Most of them were praying. Wikipedia doesn't mention that. Everywhere we look in the so-called mainstream, they obliterate hope in God prayer. I mean, to not mention that, you don't need to agree with it. You can undercut it. This is like complaining that every piece of paper I stick into the shredder ends up confetti. When is the piece of paper going to be strong enough to break the shredder? Well, it's not. Okay. But don't even call it the mainstream media. Just call it the matrix. We are dealing with an artificial manufactured reality. And you had millions of people taking an untested vaccine made from or tested on stolen dead baby parts from abortions. And they were doing it and their pastors were telling them to do it. My Pope was telling me to do it. That was the test. The COVID panic was the test to see how compliant we would be, how obedient we would be the next time they try to take away all our liberties. And I think we failed the test, most of us. Well, and again, that's the point I keep making is that I believe that there are many people waking up because of the nightmare, because things are this bad. That's what gives me hope. Uh, Listen, it's up to us, folks. You've got to face this. You've got to turn to God. You've got to speak the truth. Uh, You've got you've got to be you've got to do the right thing and help others to do the right thing or hang out with those who are doing the right thing and speaking the truth. Uh, One of the things uh, you you can do is you can share this program um, with others. I ask you, please, to do that. There's so many people hungry for some thread 
of 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 truth for a shred of truth for some thread that leads them uh, to, to to truth. So please share this program. We'll be back a couple of minutes left with John Smirak. I'm still talking to John Zemirak. John, what's on your mind? Well, I, I want to offer people encouragement. I, the encouragement I want to offer is be the problem. Be the stone in, in, the, in, in the devil's shoe. The devil thinks he ordered filet of Christian. Be that stubborn bone that sticks in his throat and makes him cough up blood. Uh, be the person who ruins the school board meeting. Be the person who causes what was otherwise an amicable agreement to descend into dissension and chaos and discord and anger. That That is your role right now. It is your role to be Jeremiah in Jerusalem telling people this is not going to work out well. This alliance with Egypt is not going to protect you. The Assyrians are coming because they are coming. All right. The Assyrians are in the FBI. The Assyrians are in the CIA. They are at your local school board. They are, they are in your teachers union. They think little girls should have their breasts. Teenage girls should have their breasts cut off. Little boys should be should be chemically or physically castrated. They think newborn babies who survive abortion attempts should be killed by the doctors. We're not talking about the difference between JFK and Richard Nixon here. We're talking about the difference between Solzhenitsyn and Stalin. We're talking about the difference between Lech Walesa and Yuri Andropov. We're talking about the difference between Mao Zedong and Cardinal Zen of Hong Kong. The, the, the division between good and evil is becoming starker and more obvious. And those in the Republican Party who think they can continue to walk on both sides, like Nikki Haley just announced she's running for president. A more useless politician in American life, it is hard to imagine. She says she's pro-life. Well, I have friends who work at the U.N. doing pro-life stuff. When she was Trump's ambassador to the U.N., they begged her over and over again, please do something. They're promoting abortion in all these countries using the U.S.'s power. She did nothing. She did not I, lift a finger. I'm, I'm afraid we're out of time, John, for today. Uh, but obviously, we'll have you back next week. Folks, please Share these videos with your friends, please. It's something you can do. There's a lot we can do. People say, what can I do? Do that. Tell your friends about the Socrates in the City coming up on February 28th. Tell your friends about this program. Uh, and finally, folks, um, go to stream.org, uh, print out John's articles, share them. We need everyone to be involved. And, and actually, no, let me say this. You know that we're in the final two days of this campaign. Actually, today is the last day um, to help Christians uh, and others who are suffering in Turkey and Syria right now, folks, they're suffering right now. We want to ask you, I mean, literally today is the last day. I got it mixed up. Today's the last day. So many thousands have died. We need you to do 
something. It is extraordinarily urgent. It's as urgent as it gets a month from now. It won't matter what you give. This is it, please. So you go to my website, metaxastalk.com. That's the radio website. You'll see the banner, metaxastalk.com. Give generously. Um, Also, if you want to give via phone, text the word Eric to 91999. Text the code word Eric to 91999. Eric to 91999. That will give you a link to the specific donation page. Text the keyword Eric to 91999. You got to do this today. This is it. This is it, folks. Uh, Food for the Poor, their magnificent Christian organization. Please help them help these people who are suffering. I'll give you the phone number in case somebody prefers a phone number. 855-863-4673. 855-863-4673. Final time, 855-863-4673. God bless you as you give. Thank you. 